Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I am your host Jared Weich. As always I am joined by, by, by my indelible co-host Dominic Orlando. It's also the place where we praise the sun. Yeah, we try to. As often as we can, weather permits, we try to praise the sun. Episode 229. Uh, last week we talked about, kind of was a catch-up episode, right Dom? We talked about what we've been playing. Uh, we hadn't recorded in a while due to a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, non-podcast stuff. This week, we're back to the normal grind talking about video game news. Not a whole lot of stuff going on. The biggest developments here were the ID at Xbox showcase, which I really enjoy, and the Nintendo Indie World for August. Um, just a smorgasbord of indie games. It's kind of the trend for this year in general, Dom, as we've seen a lot of indie games come out with COVID affecting AAA game development. A lot of games have been delayed. A lot of games have been moved around. Um, but finally, we're seeing a lot of indie stuff, which is can be affected at the same level because it's you know smaller teams usually. But because they're smaller scoped games, they have a little bit more maneuverability than these giant tentpole releases. So I figured we'd get into a couple of things there. Have some video game movie related news, which I thought was pretty funny. Other than that, pretty slow news week. Um, I'm intrigued to see as the weeks come by. Uh, we're inching closer to uh, Gamescom opening night live. That's going to be huge. I wonder what big announcements we're going to get there because it's the last big showcase before um, the Game Awards in December. So we'll see what happens there. The last big marketing push for games before the holiday rush. But let's get into it. First up, we have some Life is Strange news. Um, kind of a bummer a little bit, but it was announced that Life is Strange Remastered is getting delayed to early 2022. Um, they penned an open letter, put it on social media, just talking about the struggles with development. But they did say that in its place, they're going to be releasing a DLC for Life is Strange True Colors called Wavelengths, which is going to be coming out at the end of September. So it kind of has a replacement there. Life is Strange Remastered was originally going to come out on the 20th. Instead, it's getting pushed early 22. Uh, 2022, we're getting Wavelengths DLC September 30th to follow the release of True Colors in early September. Um, as somebody who hadn't played the original life is strange or its sequel dumb does this delay make you pause on maybe trying out true colors until that remaster of the first couple of games comes out or like what does this do for you as somebody who isn't as invested as i am yeah it's exactly that it's kind of a bummer it's kind of like a missed opportunity because <clears throat> the, the typical template is well you put out your you know your remastered collection of the old games uh half a year or some months before the new game comes out to get new people in who miss the originals and, you know, <clears throat> drum up hype for the new one that you hope to sell even better. So this, you know, putting out the remaster collection, uh, you know, some months after the newer game is uh, not as intuitive. So yeah, someone like me, I'm like, well, not only <clears throat> um, I'm now going to wait until, you know, 2022 when the remastered collection does come out. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to buy the originals now, even though they come on sale so frequently knowing that there's a there's remasters in the works i would rather wait for them right yeah. and certainly i'm not going to play true colors before playing the remasters too so it's like I, i'm like ready and willing to like buy these games but just the timing is uh, not ideal for <laughs> for anybody i guess and the interesting thing is i do think there's some leeway there because it's not called life is strange 3 and it's not directly connected to life is strange and it's prequel before the storm but we've talked about i think you'd get the most out of it if you played those two games first and then played this one to kind of see the lineage of the franchise okay. um so that, yeah they're not directly connected but i do think for somebody who hasn't hopped in 
with all of the games we're getting this fall, I think it's perfectly acceptable to pause on this, wait for the remastered games. If you absolutely fall in love, then get to True Colors. But who knows, because it isn't connected, if this game comes out and it scores tremendously high, there is that leeway there for you to make that case for yourself of, you know, it's not a direct sequel, it's not connected narratively. Uh, there are, are obviously hints to the franchise, but it's not like a straight line from A to B. Um, but yeah, okay. it is a bummer. I'm glad they were open about it, though. I'm glad they penned that letter. And on the plus side, they did replace it with something. So, you know, for people who have played the first couple of games and maybe were thinking about the remaster but are fine without playing it, they still have something to look forward to. Um, so at least there's that. There's a bit of a silver lining. 2021, man, this is the latest in the delays we were used to all year, so I'm not surprised. It's just, in a weird way, I would have... I would have liked True Colors to get delayed and and have remastered right. still come out this year. Exactly. Yeah, but I get it because they're probably going to get better sales off of the new game as opposed to a remaster of the old games. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. A little bit of, bit of a bummer, but totally acceptable. Uh, next up, uh, in a turn no one saw, um, the Sonic movie sequel. We knew that we were getting uh, Knuckles because there were some teases of that. People were wondering, well, who's going to voice the character? It was announced. Idris Elba is uh is going to be voicing Knuckles in the Sonic sequel. And this is pretty funny because on Twitter and social media in general, whenever there's a cartoon character that isn't openly a certain race, there's this really funny thing that goes on where certain racial groups claim them because they exude the energy that people feel their race exudes, right? So Black Twitter, for instance, was like, yo, this is perfect we've been claiming knuckles for years knuckles is black so i thought that was really cool and it's you know it's nice to see that come to fruition um especially in terms of diversity as we've talked about uh what you know no one's going to see the color of idris alba's skin but in terms of inclusion and allowing people from different backgrounds to be a part of the film yeah who cares if honestly if this is if the casting director paid attention this is actually smart i wonder if part of the casting was finding a black voice because they understood that the fandom considered knuckles black. I would love to know if that was the case. And I think that's pretty cool if it was, um, because there is that weird thing with animation, right? Where it's either an animal character or an alien or something where they're written in a way to be relatable to people of different backgrounds. And it doesn't necessarily mean race all the time. Could be financial background, financial upbringing. It could be, you know, whether you were raised in the suburbs or in the country. I just think that, being able to include people that people that fans feel that character was written for is an, an awesome touch. How do you feel about Idris Elba playing Knuckles? Yeah, I think it's cool. It's I, I I'm having a hard time picturing it, but I'm very uh, limited Sonic experience. But in that limited experience, like Knuckles' voice is like super super young. Um. And sprightly, I guess, and maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe you're and thinking of it, tails. Maybe, maybe that's what I where I mixed up. Because then in my head, I'm like, I mean, Idris Elba is a great actor, and he, but he has like a very low, like gravelly, gravelly kind of voice. voice. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, huh, that's that's good for him. I hard for me to picture it. Maybe I just am also maybe not, um, you know, understanding the the extent of his voice acting knowledge. Maybe he can, you know, he has like some crazy range. I don't understand too. I don't know. But I think overall, like, so I. I, I think it's cool. Like, um, I was just thinking about him in the office recently and I love his character in that show too. But yeah, I think this is pretty cool that, uh, 
that he got to, to voice Knuckles. I still haven't watched this first Sonic movie either, so I'm kind of out of the loop I, I need that, to watch but... it, man, because a lot of people said it was a lot better than it had any right being, and in terms of video game movies, in terms of video game movies, it was a good movie, and removed from that, it also was a fun, like, family-friendly movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to get around to watching it. It's, uh... I love Idris Elba. Like, he obviously recently was yeah. in The Suicide Squad. Excellent in that. If you haven't seen that film, watch it. It's on HBO Max if you're not comfortable you know, going to the theaters, but he's an awesome actor and he has such a distinct voice too. And I wonder if that mm-hmm. might cause some issues because he's one of those people that when you hear him, it's like, Oh, that's Idris Elba. Also unclear if he's going to be doing his actual accent because he is English or if he's going with an Americanized voice. Oh, I did not know. Who knows? That yeah. In the office. Is he, does he have an American accent in the office? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, honestly, I didn't even know he was in the office until you just mentioned that. I'm not, I'm not surprised that show has so many cameos. Um, yeah, it's cool though. Let's see who else they end up casting. I know people like big, the cat. I wonder if he ever makes an appearance in the film franchise. He's a big old blue guy or the, the pink one that people make very, uh, questionable art of on the internet. Rosie or whatever her name is the whole knuckles crew, man. That fandom is wild. They, uh, go a little crazy with them. Let's get into these two events that recently happened. We had the ID at Xbox event and the Nintendo Indie World, both showcasing indie games coming to their platforms. A lot of dope stuff. I want to see off the bat so no one gets their hopes up. No mention of a Fall Guys release date on Xbox, which is a bummer. No mention of Silk Song in either show, which is a huge bummer. No mention of Cuphead DLC, which is a huge bummer. Just want to get those out of the way to begin with. Oh, and no Spelunky 2 date either for um xbox but uh spelunky 2 and 1 are coming to nintendo switch on august 26th so that's really cool anyways let's get into this idea at xbox this came by way of xbox's official twitch and youtube stream i kind of broke it down to everything that was covered that would be relevant to us tom so first up the section of things coming to xbox game pass we have stardew valley which is coming in fall 2021 that's huge obviously stardew valley very popular indie game Awesome that it's coming to Xbox Game Pass. That'll be the first time I play it, Dom. Never got around to it. Uh, and now it was one of those one of those games that I'm like, oh, if it goes on sale, I think I might just pick it up on the Switch or Xbox. Now that I know it's coming to Game Pass, I'm just going to wait. Uh, Evil Geniuses 2 is coming quarter four of 2021. Uh, Paparazzi is coming. It's a cute little indie game where you photograph dogs. Totally a dope indie game. Yeah, it's a Game Pass game that I try because it's on Game Pass. Whereas Stardew Valley, I might eventually get around to. Paparazzi, download it. It's probably less than a gig download. Check it out. See what's up. Um, this was announced at the Indie World for Nintendo, but it ended up happening also on Xbox. Boyfriend Dungeon, Shadow Dropped on both the Nintendo Switch and Xbox Game Pass, which is pretty wild. Are you familiar with Boyfriend Dungeon, Dom? No, but I've heard about it already at this point. <laughs> yeah, so funny. it's a it's a dungeon crawler, for those who don't know. And each weapon you acquire actually has the soul of a person. So it's the mix between a, a dungeon crawling roguelike and a dating sim. And the interesting thing to me is, uh, you know, you hear the name Boyfriend Dungeon, you assume it's whether you create a female or male character that all of the weapons you run into are all male characters, right? Cause it's a boyfriend dungeon. turns out there's actually female weapons in the game too, which is really cool. So it's open to as in terms of a dating sim, it's open to anybody. If you're a woman into women, if you're a man into a man, if you're a straight dude who just thinks that the, you know, the man sword that you got is dope and you want to develop a relationship because it makes the weapon stronger. It's just really cool. I think it's a neat concept. I already have it downloaded Dom. I'm going to play it this week. 
and I'll report back to you next week to see how it is. I love roguelikes. Obviously, dating sims aren't my go-to genre, but the mix of this is so interesting, and watching gameplay of it, it looks fun. They have me. I'm going to at least try it. And that's the power of Xbox Game Pass. Um, do you have any um, interest in trying that game out? No, literally none. None? But, but I, I appreciate uh, some of the conversation and jokes i've seen about it though (laughs) (laughs) it's a cool concept man i just like that people are willing to experiment it's successful enough that it kind of warranted its development uh next up we have a batch of games that are some of them are being confirmed for xbox for the first time some of them were getting updates uh she dreams elsewhere is an rpg that people are really into with a distinct art style uh before this idea at xbox i think it was only listed for playstation and nintendo um so it's good to see it's also coming to xbox uh, the Wandering Village, Dom, this is an E3 game we talked about where it's a city sim builder on the back of that giant tortoise. Remember that game? Where they were, like, building yes. a city on the back of that giant moving yes, beast. that looked cool. Uh, that's, I think it's going to enter early access by the end of this year. That's confirmed for Xbox. Um, the Big Con, which is the 90s cartoon Doug-inspired, uh, it looks like a 2D adventure game. That's listed for August 31st. I believe that's launching an Xbox Game Pass as well. They announced the voice cast for it recently. It looks really fun. They did this thing where they had an open casting call for voices, Dom. So it was whether you were a professional voice actor in the industry or somebody who wanted to try to break into the industry for the first time or maybe just a huge fan of the developer, they're like, hey, it's an open casting call. Send in your tapes. We're going to pick people. And the main character was a prominent voice actor, Erica Ashii, who's recently been in apex legends and destiny 2 and she's kind of blowing up right now and then some of the other characters were fans and they did a pretty good job it was really cool really interesting way to do a casting audition for roles it's kind of cool next up we had uh ollie ollie world which is the third game in that franchise they showed off some customization it's coming winter of this year and lastly i would say the one that me and you are most likely to play which is loot river which is the tetris meets souls like dom it's so the one where it's the guy with the, the plague doctor mask and he like moves the 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 pillars or sorry, not the pillars, the the rafts on top of the water and you manipulate the rafts and you move around, but it has souls like combat. Oh yeah, I remember this, you're right. Yeah, yeah and the enemies move really fast and you can like manipulate the platforms to kind of get them stuck in a location. Yeah. Uh no data on that, but they showed that off, so that's really cool. Overall neat. Uh, if you're into indie games at all, I suggest go watching it. It was like an hour long and it was like 20 plus games, Dom. Many of them I didn't mention here. Tons of different genres. ID at Xbox always does a fantastic job of showcasing what's coming to the platform. And it's cool to see a lot of these games we didn't know were coming finally officially labeled as such. Like I said before, bummer there was no Silk Song. Bummer there was no Spelunky 2. Bummer Fall Guys still has no date. It was supposed to come out this summer. And then it got delayed, still no date on that. So at least there's some stuff to look forward to on top of, you know, Hades, which is releasing the day after we're recording. Already have that pre-downloaded. Can't wait. Um, The Artful Rally, it's like the cartoon top-down racing game that they showed off at E3, uh, is also coming to Game Pass this week. And that's pretty much it for Xbox. Uh, Anything I mentioned there that interests you, Dom, or, you know, you just, eh, whatever. Yeah, it was a lot of like, okay, that's cool. But to be honest, the the paparazzi game, I'm kind of like, I might <laughs> fuck with this. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm a big dollar person, and I've been 
Like Animal Crossing didn't quite do it for me, so I've been kind of like craving something easygoing. Something to, wholesome, yeah. Yeah, to putz around with and and that might just do it. I'm watching the trailer right now and it's pretty hilarious and adorable. <laughs> this uh speaking of games that you might want to relax with, this Nintendo Indie World we're about to get into had some really cool stuff uh that I think might be up your alley in that term as well. This happened in August as well, a couple of days ago, I think on the eleventh. Uh, so here's a rundown of what was shun, shown and or announced in terms of what's relevant to our podcast. First up, this one's huge, Dom. Loop Hero's coming to Switch, which I think is dope. Loop Hero is a game I talked about at the beginning of the year. It's a card-based RPG. It's a loop system. It's very much inspired by, like, Berserk, if you're familiar with that manga or anime, or obviously the World of Souls-like, which was inspired by Berserk. Um, I think this is going to be huge for this game. Oftentimes, it's kind of like the Hollow Knight problem, Dom, where Hollow Knight came out on PC it was kind of talked about but forgotten and then once it came out on switch it had a second boom to it which was really great and i believe with hollow knight it what it came out like in october of one year and then it didn't come to switch till like february of the following year right it, it was a ways after yeah several yeah. months at least so with loop hero coming out early this year they're able to still hit the same year and port it over which is huge um and it's one of those things that i wonder if it's success on pc aided it in being able to be ported right if it wasn't a hit i wonder if it would ever made its way over to switch i'm excited to see more people play it and i'm honestly curious if it might be the best way to play it on the switch because it's i don't know the the ui for the game is super simple and i think on the switch there isn't with most pc games it can get overly complicated and how do you move from keyboard to controller whereas with loop here i think it's simplistic enough that Switch might end up being the preferred platform to play that game. And it gives me an excuse to hop back in because I've wanted to hop back into Loop here for some time. No confirmed date yet, just 2021. Hopefully it hits that. But in the world of COVID in 2021, you never know. This one was shocking, Dom. We got a brand new Shovel Knight game announced. Mm -hmm. We got Shovel Knight Pocket Edition, which is a puzzle dungeon crawler. If you're into these type of games, pretty much like a match three Candy Crush type game mixed with a dungeon crawler. I don't know if it's for me, despite me being a huge Shovel Knight fan. It comes down, honestly, to price on this, Dom. If it's cheap enough, I'm going to pick it up to check it out. I'm thirsting for Shovel Knight. Somebody who like you who liked Shovel Knight as well, what does it do for you? Eh, you know, like, eh. I was more hoping, like, you know, the next Shovel Knight game, but uh, proper. But if this is a... Uh... Isn't this going to be a mobile game too, or am I? I might be. It was original. We already knew it was a mobile game. It coming to Switch is the announcement here. Okay, all right, that's yeah. what I'm mixed up. Okay, so yeah, I guess it, it, if it's something cheap and like you know, there's some good reviews type of thing, maybe I'll take a look. But otherwise, I'm kind of that's not really my my genre. Even though I did appreciate um, the original Shovel Knight and everything it was doing there, but this is just a little too different. The good thing is this coming out means that they're probably going to put their their you know most of their focus on the next actual big game that's coming out because we're you know mm -hmm. this is coming out to mobile so I I doubt porting it to Switch is a huge thing honestly it's probably smart in terms of business because it has that built-in fan base on the Switch and now they can just move forward it's they've been so locked into those Kickstarter rewards and it's one of those things of like I commend oh, them right. for being loyal to everyone and making sure all of those things got out the door. But then remember all the DLC things kind of ballooned into their own standalone campaigns and it kind of kept going and going. And you know, I, I doubt Yacht Club Games is mad about the success of that whole thing. But I do think from a creative standpoint, if they're a little burned out and maybe they're like, 
yeah, we probably want to work on Shovel Knight something next, but let's just try a different genre and get something out there, something simple. Um, especially knowing, instead of creating an IP from scratch for a mobile game, right, Dom, they have this IP. Let's just mold this into something. It's a lot easier on the creative brain. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that they're hopefully moving on to their next thing, whether it's Shovel Knight 2 or something dope that we'll be excited for in the years to come. Uh, speaking of dope things that are coming out, uh, we have a, a trio of games that are coming to Switch. This is the, the, the announcement here are the ports. So we have Tetris Effect, pretty familiar, recently came to Xbox. We have Metal Slug Tactics, which is a tactics game based on the Metal Slug franchise. That's slated for 2022. We didn't have platforms yet. Knowing the Switch is confirmed is awesome. Metal Slug and Switch go together like peanut butter and jelly. And lastly, this is another game that falls into that wholesome category for you, Dom. Toem. Now, you might not recognize the name, but this was the black and white photography game that we saw at E3 as well, where you play as like this little bird creature, and it's all about perspective. So it's basically like uh, Fez, but instead of platforming, it's about photography. So you're manipulating your perspective on the level and getting different uh, pictures. Seems very simple, very cute, very adorable. Um, I think it fits in that mold. We were talking about paparazzi where... It's probably just going to be a simple, fun time with very, you know, heartwarming music. Um, I'm glad it's coming to Switch. I probably am going to want to play it on Xbox for the achievements, but I'm just glad it's getting ported places. Yeah, that's interesting. That sounds a lot like <clears throat> I played a game called Monument Valley. I don't know if you've... I guess it's kind of popular, but mostly on mobile. I don't think it... It might have came to consoles, but it was, yeah, a puzzle game where the, ever, the, the shtick was like changing your perspective you know, changes the way things look and behave in a literal sense, um, which is kind of cool. And once your brain gets used to doing that, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. It's super satisfying. So that's kind of what this sounds like. I'm curious now. Now, I'm excited about this one because this is a game I drafted in our fantasy league. And I almost guarantee you that you and Chris were like, why is he drafting this game? What the hell is this game? Who knows what this game is? And honestly, it was a risk because just like uh, Silk Song and Cuphead DLC, I didn't know if this game was coming out this year. But in my heart, I believed on that this game is going to come out and review very well and be a very good game. This is from Cuttlefish, who are the publishers of Stardew Valley, among a lot of other games. And that's Eastward. Now, Eastward is a gorgeous pixel art, Earthbound-inspired RPG. It looks incredible. Like... Earthbound, in many ways, are Japanese developers making a game set in American society, right? If you've ever seen Earthbound, it's a baseball kid wearing a striped shirt, all that stuff. This is like, you know, Earthbound, if it was Japanese-inspired, it looks gorgeous. The crazy thing here is not only is it going to be a launch exclusive for the Nintendo Switch, which is perfect for that game, it's coming out next month, Dom. It's coming out September 16th. This is a game that went from me not being sure if it was going to come out this year to coming out in a month, and I cannot wait. This is one of my most anticipated games, especially with all the other indie games I'm hyped for not being seen anywhere. I think this has a chance to be up there with the Death's Doors and these other indie titles for Game of the Year. I think it has that potential, and who knows, it might not meet that, but art style and like gameplay setup alone, I'm super, super excited. Yeah, I had no idea what it was until you first pointed it out. Um, but then even more recently, I've started to see it get some more coverage. So I've watched a little bit of gameplay and stuff. And yeah, it looks so dope. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm probably going to be in um, right when this comes out. because it, it looks fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty soon. So I was pretty hyped on this too. That the 
it's, it's I'm really happy with the variety of art styles and settings and styles that you know what I mean. It seems like we've just been getting a great variety of all that stuff. It doesn't always work, you know, it doesn't always hit, but I I just really appreciate how creative developers seem to be <clears throat> getting uh it seems in the past couple of years. And maybe it's just mine becoming more aware, but in my opinion it feels like devs are getting more creative and doing more cool um stuff like it that really sticks like you mentioned cuphead was obviously one and but yeah this game has its own cool aesthetic that something about it just feels like i don't know just kind of cool i think also we're transitioning to a place where not including the casual call of duty madden fifa gamer because they're their own kind of pocket but the second tier there i would say we're enthusiasts right the tier right below us but between us and the like the madden casuals I think they have warmed up over the last two generations to the idea of buying and playing indie games. Because even if you go back to the 360 era when we had the indie live arcade and you had the limbos and the uh, castle crashers, right? Enthusiasts were hyped about that game and the, some of the, the, the that middle tier of gamer were getting into it. But it still has been a slow process of people warming up and understanding that these games have value and it's not just the AAA blockbusters that are worth buying. And I think we're finally coming into our own where games like Eastward, hopefully, or, you know, Death Store, which is confirmed. We know how it's done performance-wise. Once these games are critically well-received uh, and people enjoy them and they get to see these games being played on Twitch, they're like, I'm going to hop in. And with the diversity of art styles, it's like, this game doesn't really look like anything I've played, and it's a good game. That gets me excited. How many times mm -hmm. have I been on the podcast, Dom, um, and I'm excited purely based on the art style of a game, and I'm like, yeah, the gameplay looks kind of rudimentary or nothing, like, captivating at all, but the art style has me to at least try it, you know, mm -hmm. because it is so unique, and, uh, man, if you have some good music and some good art style, I'll look over some redundant gameplay, I best believe. <laughs> man, um, speaking of, I you asked me last week about Hyperlight Drifter, and I have to take this you know not very substantial segue but great music in that game uh as well <laughs> i just i would recommend that every chance i get even if it's not a real chance and i'll just plug it anyway but super cool music in that one and art and a cool art style too that's one thing with death's door that i think i didn't touch on either i think it has really good music too um it very zelda inspired like sometimes going through some of those levels i feel like i was playing like link between worlds or something uh next up the last two announcements here first up axiom verge 2 shadow dropped which is pretty crazy people have been wondering is this game going to continuously get delayed forever it dropped out of nowhere uh, you know everyone has their own gamer shame uh pile of backlog i never got around to the first axiom verge i don't know if you did dumb um no, me either so I'm excited to eventually get to this, but I still feel I owe the the first game the respect to play that first because it did do so well critically. And it was only developed by one person, right? I don't know if the second one is, but I'm pretty sure the first game was only developed by one individual, um, which is always impressive, especially when they're critically acclaimed the way they are. And lastly, kind of touch on this one, Boyfriend Dungeon Shadow Dropped, excuse me, on the Nintendo Switch, but also on Game Pass. Uh, Garden Story Shadow Dropped and Slime Rancher Shadow Dropped. Now, Sh Slime Rancher, you would think, oh, it's a very cutesy indie game, Jared. Why Why are you even bringing it up? It's like, yeah, of course it's going to be on Switch. I don't know if you've ever seen Slime Rancher, Dom, but it seems more performance-intensive than you would assume 
like a wholesome indie game like that would because there's so many slimes on screen at any given time and they're moving independently of one another. I'm curious to see how that performs on the Switch in terms of just graphical and frames per second performance, you know? I don't know if the Switch can handle it necessarily, which is odd to say, you know, but Doom is on the Switch, but in what capacity and what quality, right? Slime Rancher, I don't know how it's going to run because I think far too often we think about performance in terms of, oh, this game is trying to run in 4K, it's probably going to be harder. But you'll often find sometimes with games like this where there's so many individual assets on screen at a given time and they're all moving independently that that can freak out a system uh especially yeah. with this i don't with slime rancher dom for context you can have in the starting area you can have eight giant pens for slimes and each of those comfortably can hold 20 to 35 slimes so just put that into context so if you're walking through that area right collecting stuff that's a lot of individual moving parts i'm just curious to see how it's going to run performance wise Doubt it's going to get uh, the uh, digital foundry treatment. It's not necessarily on that scale. But I wonder if somebody's going to take a look at it and wonder how it's running. That's pretty yeah, much that's, it. Oh, sorry. There's definitely like that element that we sometimes overlook of, as far as uh, what hardware can do what, right? There's yeah. Like, well, it's super high resolution, tons of textures, really, you know, graphic detail kind of stuff. Um, all the GPU in- intensive you know, traits. And then we don't kind of forget that. Yeah. Some games might not be super detailed appearance wise, but maybe a ton of stuff going on. So that sounds like an example like that. Or I always think of control where that is all actually happens to be also a very pretty game, but more than that, there's like all sorts of particles and stuff is getting thrown through the air, like really fast and everything. There's just a lot going on. Uh, so yeah, that's it's something else to think about when you're like, Oh, how would this be on the switch? Um, it's like Doom, yeah, very fast-paced and very good-looking, but mostly linear, kind of like smaller level, you know, first-person shooter. So, like, can see where it's more possible. Maybe not the most enjoyable place to play it, but, yeah. Well, and then you think about something like Breath of the Wild, where, you know, my biggest complaint on it is that the world felt empty. But I wonder if that was a design constraint where in order to have that dope physics-based system that they had in that game, right, where things interact in wildly possible ways, that the shortcoming of it was we need to space out these things in a way where the system can handle it, right? And it kind of opens it up to where there isn't a whole lot going on in a section of active gameplay at any given time, and you can kind of supplement that with the physics-based gameplay and the way things interact. So that's Mm -hmm. stuff that you have to think about, too, because if it was a densely populated open world... I don't know if it would have ran the way it ran. You know what I mean? And not that it right. ran perfectly. I knew I, you know, I'm one of the minority people, you know, that points out the emptiness of the world. The biggest complaint with breath of the wild was pretty much their performance, not always being exceptional in terms of frames per second and stuff like that. So even at that, even though they did make some uh, choices, uh, it didn't, you know, go squeaky clean by the time it released. And Nintendo is quality control is better than almost any other companies. Like they don't release yeah. stuff until it's good to go. So the fact that it was even had some of those issues was surprising, but I do think it's cause you know, open world game for the first time for legend of Zelda. But uh, yeah, that was a dope per, uh, presentation for both Xbox and Nintendo. Nothing else really of note uh, in terms of what we've been playing. Nothing of note for me. I think next week I'll have more to say because I'll have boyfriend dungeon Dom. I'll have Hades uh, and the Madden, you know, Madden does like the trial every year where you get to play for like 10 hours if you have EA play. 
uh, before the game oh, comes yeah. out. Uh, since EA Play is a part of Game Pass now, I don't even have to pay for EA Play, so I just had access to that. So I downloaded that, so I'll have probably some uh, impressions for all of those. Mostly for Hades and Boyfriend Dungeon, Madden, I probably won't have much to say. Uh, you know, it's Madden. It's football. Uh, other, exactly. Other than that, nothing else of note. I'm trying to run through my head. Uh, playing some of the new Apex Legends season, Dom. Uh, the new legend is really cool. His name's Seer. So there's classes in the game, and there was only one tracker in, uh, in the game before him. And th that class is just about gathering information, right? So being able to know where other players are, being able to be sneaky and stealth. Seer's abilities are, uh, he can throw out this ton this tunnel uh, of vision straight ahead of him for quite a ways, but, and if anybody's in that tunnel when he activates it, they get spotted so you know where they are, but also they get silenced for a couple of seconds and they can't use any abilities. So that's pretty powerful. Hmm. His uh, passive ability is anytime he aims down the sights on his gun, he has a built-in heartbeat sensor. So if anybody's within 75 meters of you, it has an arrow on the actual... Uh, ret like a reticle of the gun in the direction where they are so it's like very good information gathering it's kind of overpowered honestly and then his ultimate he drops down this dome where if anybody's moving fast in it or a shooting they're automatically pop up on your screen of where they are so if you mix that with his ability to shoot a you know that tunnel you can both find out where active players are or campers like if somebody's hiding in a corner because if they're hiding you just point out your gun you aim you see that they're in this direction you splash your tunnel, or if they're running around, you just do your dome. So he's very effective in close quarters, and I'm having a blast with him. His design, if you want to Google it real quick, is dope. His name's Seer, S-E-E-R. He looks straight out of... Uh... Are you familiar with Afrofuturism, Dom? That design philosophy? It's no. basically uh, Wakanda in the MCU. So it's a mix oh. of future tech. It's Afrofuturism. It's like, he looks dope. He has like the Raiden hat. Yeah. Yeah, he his a design shirt? is so cool. Fuck. He he moves very much in like a like a weird way, like uh like very smooth and like Baracho from Mortal Kombat. It's hard to describe. Very like a witch doctory, like voodoo-y, like very smooth and like a worm kind of. He's he, he's got a whole profile. He's 26 years old. His real name is Obi Andalasim. Probably said that wrong, but kind of <laughs> cool got a whole profile on this guy at the apex's web website out here their yeah, he lore sick, is right? very good man for the characters and he's just really cool and that's the power of that game is i haven't played that game in a couple of months and the you know they announced this new character and i'm like am i gonna like him is he gonna be good and i hop in and i have a blast with him he's my main now dom like, he's my main character and that's pretty impressive i'm having a blast with it uh i don't know how familiar you are but with everything happening with call of duty right now between the stuff with Activision Blizzard, but also the state of the game with hackers. A lot of the major streamers, Dom, are moving off of Call of Duty, Warzone, and playing Apex. So it's like booming right now. You have people like Nick Merckx, who typically, Dom, on an average day, he has 50,000 people in his Twitch chat watching him play Call of Duty. But for the last two weeks, he's been playing Apex and his numbers didn't go down. And they're just tired of you know that company not doing stuff with the game and fixing it. And they're kind of are like, hey, if you're not going to fix it, we're not going to continue giving you free promo. So Apex is in a good place right now, and it deserves it because, as we talk about, Respawn, chef's kiss, top top of the industry up there with From Software and Naughty Dog and these titans of the industry. Um, but that's it for me. Like I said, I'll have more to talk about in terms of games next week. You, you have anything to note? I don't think I even can add anything 
I've been working more than usual the past week. So <laughs> the only thing I've put a little bit of time into Fallout 4, which was kind of by default. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> I haven't had my um PC available at all at uh as much as in the past, which is where I have Death's Door still halfway done. So I want to finish up Death's Door. But in the meantime, I was just laying back on the couch, found myself playing Fallout 4 for some reason. Um, and it's like, it's getting to be an old game at, at this yeah. point. I'll say, I still love it, but yeah. Uh, was that 2015, right? Yeah. Runs great on PS5, though, which I would expect. Really, with Xbox better. owning Bethesda, I'm obviously just yeah. being a troll. <laughs> I, would ex- I wonder if that's one that at, I would think at a minimum it got like a performance boost on Series X. How a lot of games got them, you know, without needing a patch. I wonder yeah. if that's one of those. And like, it I got the FPS like boost, which actually took a little bit of work. It got both of them. Okay, sweet. So yeah. yeah, that makes sense then. So that must that's probably even better place to play. But yeah, I just I've debated on grabbing that platinum because I never finish that game like fully like every single uh different quest line you can do because there's different endings and all that kind of stuff i um, never touched any of the dlc man i'm kind of bummed about that oh yeah and there that dlc is uh pretty good it's um a lot of it's better than the game the base game for sure bethesda nails fall dlc pretty handedly i mean even in the elder scrolls series they do too that's why i'm excited to see what the hell starfield's dlc is going to be because it's their first major sci-fi game like that um Pretty exciting stuff. One thing I wanted to mention, and I'm going to talk about football for for a little for less than a minute, so please stick with me, listeners, if you're not in sports. Dom, you know the typical thing with fantasy football? Like, say, for instance, you have Aaron Rodgers. Say you're a Packers fan, right? And you're playing me, and I have Aaron Rodgers. Now, in, in terms of a football fan, you want Aaron Rodgers to go off, and you want the Packers to win because you're a Packers fan, right? But if we're playing in fantasy, you're going to be kind of pissed off if Rodgers goes off because it's probably going to mean you're losing that week in fantasy football, correct? That's kind right. of a, a right. weird thing. We're going to have that for the first time, I think, in our uh, in our fantasy game thing, Critics League, because you counterpicked Eastward. I did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's a game you're looking forward to, and who knows, you might love it and enjoy it a lot, but you counterpicked it. So, you know, it's one but of those I things. I hope it's shit yeah. so that I can win our fantasy league. <laughs> yeah. At least there's no money on the line or anything. That'd be a whole different conversation. But yeah. Yeah. And I honestly think it was just out of uh, ignorance to the game, right? Because our drafts, I think, in general, were pretty good. And it's like, uh, like I counterpicked Deathloop, and I'm worried I'm going to kind of get boned with that because, oh, yeah. Yeah, Deathloop could be a great game. And I think Eastward might be that for you, or like it might come out and get really good scores. But that's you know the game you play. It's either you pick a game you don't think is releasing, or you pick a game you know the least about, or you think is not going to be good. So that's it for this week's show. Hopefully, uh, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about next week. That's the one bummer too, Dom. Is like in an alternate reality, this is our job, right? We have you know, thousands, millions of listeners, and we get to play whatever we want each week because it is our job. But the reality situation it isn't so we try to get gaming in as much as we can but at least at the end of the day we have the news to talk about when there is news um i'm trying to think is there anything when does 12 minutes come out is that next week or is that after the podcast i mean i feel like it's august for sure right so it's before we close the show guys let me look mm-hmm. at the release dates real quick because i'm i'm unsure got you Oops. oh don't i have a i have my own personal spreadsheet i'm a lunatic the nineteenth, so I yeah, it'd be too, after the just... podcast. No, well, I think it's the day of the podcast. 
I don't know if I'd have time to play it then. Dang, yeah, next week's a crazy week. So we have Hades, we have Row 96. Do you remember that game, the indie game? Where you, yes. It's like yes. the RPG where you make decisions. That's the 16th, 12 minutes the 19th, Madden 22 the 20th, Kena the 24th, Psychonauts 2 the oh, 25th, Kena. No More Heroes the 27th. We kind of went over this last week. It's just, you know, we talk about like August, November, I mean, uh, October, November being huge for games, but August, man, power player this year, pretty huge. Um, anything else you want to end to close the show down before I get into our whole rigmarole? No, you're right though. It's it's like it's indie season. Like indie season, baby. Out this summer, yeah. they need a brand that indie season. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Follow us on YouTube, Controlled Interest. You can follow the podcast there in video form. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow us individually. I'm Jared Weich, J E R A D W Y C H E. Dom is Obi One, Obi Dom Kenobi, but the O in Obi is the actual number zero. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was trying to remember it. Dom's Oreos, much easier to remember, Dom. You threw me for a loop. But I do like Obi-Dom Kenobi. Really good. Fits here, obviously. Passion for Star Wars. Uh, collectively, C-Terrell, I-N-T. It's controlled interest abbreviated. If you just want the audio, we're on all podcast services. I would suggest Spotify. It's the easiest one to use. It's the one I use. But we're also on iTunes and all that stuff as well. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with game impressions for the latest releases. And maybe some interesting news. Can't promise it, though. I don't control the industry. See you guys then. Bye.